Welcome to another episode of the In the Limelight podcast. I'm Clarissa Burt, founder of In the Limelight Media, where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. You are tuned in to Booksmart's Authors on Show with Christy Francie. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Booksmart's Authors on Show, a creation of Clarissa Burt, founder of In the Limelight Media. I am your host, Christina Francie, and today I am thrilled to be interviewing Robin Hitt, who is the author of the upcoming book, Open-Eyed Adoption, Real Help for Those Parenting Adoptees, to be released in March of 2023. As an adoptive mom, her research, including interviews with adoptive parents, adult adoptees, doctors, and therapists, became this new book to encourage, educate, and equip adoptive parents, as well as adult adoptees. Robin is a life and business coach and a certified Daring Way facilitator in the work of Dr. Brene Brown and leads workshops on topics like imperfection, shame, and vulnerability. She lives in Colorado with her husband and mini Labradoodle. Robin, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm excited to talk about your new book that's coming out next year and all information that has to do with adoptees, adoptive parents. So diving in. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So what do adoptive parents need to know before, during, and after they raise adoptees? Yes. Um, Well, they need to know a lot more than I did. (laughs) When I was uh, sent home with two infants three years apart, I, I was told and believed that they're a blank slate, go home, live your life, you know, uh, Im- imprint on them your family culture and values and just live your life and live happily ever after. And I believed it. Uh, I was determined there was going to be no difference in anything. Um, mm-hmm. Be You know, it would be like I had had them myself. So I took them home. And loved them to death and uh, did my best. I parented like I was parented with a lot of love, a two-parent home. We gave them a lot of travel opportunities and a great education um, and just had a lot of fun. In fact, I homeschooled through eighth grade because I just wanted to be with my kids. Um, I quit a nursing job in order to do that. I just wanted to be a parent so bad. So the thing that I didn't know that every parent, every adoptive parent needs to know is every adoptee has trauma. And I didn't know that because I, I mean, it made sense like if they've been somewhere else in someone else's home or adopted later in life, of course, they're going to have trauma. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really get why an infant, you know, like a clean, fresh new baby without any memory would have trauma. And what I found out is that, yes, every adoptee has trauma and every adoptive parent needs to know that going in, that there's always going to be a triad. You, the person raising them, the adoptee themselves and the birth parent. So our parents, um, mm-hmm. there's always going to be that no matter how much you try to give them, there's always going to be that in play. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know that going in, you're going to be um, 
what I've heard so many adoptive parents tell me in the interviews, I feel like a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, over and over and over, I've heard that from different interviews I've done. And that's because I didn't know that every adoptee has trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, so name some differences in like the traditional parenting versus like trauma informed parenting. Yes. Um, Well, for instance, um, sometimes they call it trauma based parenting, trauma informed, Mm -hmm. whatever. It's just going into parenting, knowing that your adoptee is going to have some unique challenges, such as uh, they're going to feel shame. They're going to feel rejection. They're they're going to feel like I don't fit. Where where who looks like me? Um, they're not going to tell you that because they may not even be in touch with them themselves. Mm-hmm. But that's always in the background. You know, it's kind of a, a computer running constantly. Um, there's a a part of I write about it in the book called mirroring, and that is DNA. Either that's written on all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, we have different uh, little things that we do that are unconscious. And for instance, um, I'll, I'll demonstrate with my finger. I'm running my index finger over my thumb. Mm-hmm. And I do that. I find myself doing that. I catch myself doing this when I'm thinking. And I've also noticed that my mother has done it. My grandmother has done it. And my sister has done it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's just DNA stuff. Nobody's taught anybody to do that. It just happens. So I see this mirroring in my family, in my biological family. Mm -hmm. So the adoptee is looking for little things like that. Like, who do I look like? Where do I fit? Um, So anyway, that's a little background. Uh, So I might parent like, okay, if I know that there's trauma going on, and I'm informed of that, I'm going to discipline them differently. For instance, um, I grew up back in the day, (laughs) I don't know how other people are raising their children, but I got spanked when I did something wrong. Um, And so I did the same thing, not, you know, abusively or anything, but just some swats on the behind. And many times sent to your room to think about it. Okay, well, A biological child will accept that because they know, okay, I did something bad. This is what I get for doing something bad. I'm going to learn from this. Your parent might even ask you, what did you learn from this? Or they might not. They might just breeze on through knowing that you're going to understand that you were disciplined, not punished, you know? So, um, but a difference that's biological, but a trauma-informed parent might, uh, when their child does something, you would take them to yourself and you would talk to them about it. And you would ask them, um, you know, you would talk to them about what they did wrong. And you would say, I'm going to, um, I want you to sit next to me while you and and you can't have any devices or any you know no tv i mean that that's kind of a given but you're just going to sit in quiet next to me and think about what you did and then we're going to talk about it and so the difference is they accept a spanking as oh my gosh i'm so 
I'm intrinsically flawed. Yeah. I, you know, I deserve all the bad in the whole world. And yes, abandonment. I'm going to my room. I've been banished. That's how they're interpreting it. Well, my heart breaks, honestly. Yeah. You're that, you know, because you, I can, (laughs) I feel it. That that, that was really how, how like someone like that would feel, you know? So, yeah. Yes. Um, And so, not knowing, can you imagine? I mean, not knowing that that's how they're interpreting it, they're not going to say anything. They're just going to absorb it into themselves. And so this kind of feeds into that already there shame that's going on. Mm-hmm. And um, which kind of, I, I don't know if you're going to get to this, but I just want to talk about the difference in shame and guilt right here. Um, guilt is a belief that, okay, I did something bad and, but there's a way I am owning it, you know, I'm owning that I did something bad and I'm going to make restitution or I'm going to apologize. There's something I can do about it to make it better. Mm-hmm. Shame, on the other hand, is I believe that I am intrinsically bad, worthy of all bad things. That's shame. And that's like, how can you come back from that? You know, exactly. like you can't fix that. Right. Um, and so you're dealing with, the adoptee is dealing with shame that they can't even name. They can't even say, uh, I'm dealing with shame. You know, they're not aware of it, but they are. And so when you send them to the room, they interpret that as I've been banished because I'm not worthy. Yeah. <laughs> that hurts me, you know. I know, it just totally breaks my heart. <laughs> but that's what's going on. And so that is a difference in um in parenting, you know. That's one of many. Another would be communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way we talk to our adoptees. I, 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 I like to say, you know, don't tell always, you know, ask, <laughs> ask more things uh, about feelings, uh, teach them to be emotionally literate. In fact, on my website, I'm giving away uh, a free download of just naming of, of color. Uh, it's a color emotion wheel. And so you've probably seen them around, but they're just to identify how you're feeling and adults and children alike can benefit from being emotionally literate. Mm-hmm. So when we communicate with our adoptee, it would be things like, well, how, you know, instead of saying, how was your day? Come tell me about your day. Um, because then they can't say fine, you know, (laughs) and then zoom off, but you're opening up, you know, open-ended questions or, you know, giving space for them to think about what they're saying and to make meaning of their emotion and validating their emotion and things like that. Um, frankly, I wish I would have known 30 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. But, but but now you know and you're teaching I do. Us yes. what we need to know and you learn and that's how you learn is like by making the mistakes and it's you know you did the best that you you could do in the moment and the the knowledge that you had and that's it's true. very true it's like you just have to be more mindful and more curious yes you know? yes all um, that when when you are dealing with you know an adoptive child and try to put yourself in in their position and and no i mean i think you have to know like even if they're infants they're gonna have 
some trauma. I mean, they yes. know deep down that like something's maybe just not a hundred percent right. You know, we're yeah. given our heightened instincts for a reason. I mean, everything could be, you know, a loving family, but they just know that like, maybe I really don't belong here because we just know in our bodies, it's amazing how our bodies can. It's, it's really true. You know, um, our kids used to get care packages from their birth moms and they would go through the agency. And so we weren't really in contact, but we were loosely in contact and they got to open gifts from their birth moms. And I said, how do we handle this? I don't know what to say, you know, to what they're, what are they going to think? And, and they said, just tell them it's from the lady who they grew in their tummy. (laughs) And I was like, will that make any sense? You know? And they said, yes, it will. Well, shockingly, I would say those words, just like, you know, a script and they didn't bat an eye. It was like, oh yeah, I know her. I know that. I know. I, you know, I mean, I was like, how could you possibly, you were two days old or five days old, but they knew, um, they already knew. And so here's where the mistrust comes with adoptive parents and, or with adoptees toward their adoptive parents. They grew in someone else's tummy. They were when they were born, they're looking for the owner of that womb and you're not it. They know the smell, the taste, um, the emotions of their birth mom. And all this is silent, you know, silent. So you don't know that they know that. Yeah. Well, even the vibrations. Exactly. And then you come in all in a hundred percent. I'm your mom here's some food and drink and, you know, and you give everything you can. And they're, they're like, well, I need to eat. Okay. Uh, And they kind of acquiesce really to, well, okay. So this is the way it is, but they have no language to explain how they're feeling or to, um, to even ask a question like, well, how could you be my mom? They just absorb it all. And so here you are ignorant of that, maybe as an adoptive parent, and you're just a hundred percent in you're giving, 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 and all your love to give, and you're just thrilled. And, and then, you know, you wonder why they don't trust you when you've never lied to them. And that just blew my mind, you know, like, why would that be? true. Well, then when I did the research, I realized, oh, I'm telling you I'm your mother, but you know, you came from somewhere else. That was a shock to me. Wow. That is kind um, of a shock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like if they can, if they're two or three or above and you adopt them, you know, they're going to know, and you can talk about it openly, but as an infant, you, you, the adoptive mom have no idea what they're experiencing and they can't really articulate it. And so there's just this mistrust kind of being thrown into motion and it's all, you know, silent. You don't really know. (laughs) And so um, that's one thing. So our, our job as adoptive parent uh, is to promote trust and attachment. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that is our job and um, where you can include the biological family, I would say do it because it fills in a lot of gaps for them. Yeah, I could see that. Um, And so how can you help adoptive parents, you know, navigate their own feelings about the challenges that they're facing? 
Yeah. <laughs> when I, there was a huge amount of people that I uh, interviewed, adoptive parents, moms and dads, birth moms uh, and adoptees, doctors and therapists, like you said, and overwhelmingly, almost every adoptive parent uh, said, I feel like an absolute failure. I'm, I just, I'm undone. I've done everything I know and it's not good enough. Um, I'm not getting the expected outcome. I, I, I love, I couldn't possibly love them any more than I do. And it's nothing's working. And when you hear that over and over and over, you're like, okay, there's something to this. Um, and so how do we navigate that? And first of all, I think we manage our own expectations. Um, going in, if you know, these kids are going to have trauma and you speak to it as often as you can, you put, help them put words to how they're feeling by asking questions. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't tell them how they're feeling. You just ask them questions. And, um, and that basically makes you a safe place mm -hmm. and it kind of helps with the trust and attachment. That's one thing. Another thing you can do is uh, definitely self compassion and um and empathy you know going back to the shame and guilt uh it may surprise people to know but everybody's got shame i mean adoptees have shame because they feel like what was wrong with me that somebody gave me up um even though you tell them the circumstances you know oh i understand that intellectually but what was but why did they give me up you know? yeah emotionally it's just hard so they feel shame. They feel like flawed, you know, flawed people. Um, and then the birth moms have shame because they feel like, how could I have gotten in the situation? And I can't believe that I released my children for adoption, even though I really needed to. Uh, it was best for them. And then the adoptive parents have shame. So, okay, how do we deal with shame? Right. Um, that's the thing that says I'm bad. Well, the way we combat shame is self-compassion and empathy. Uh, self-compassion is a little different than self-care. Self-care we get, you know, go have a cappuccino with a friend or have a massage or go on vacation or something, you know, do something for you. But self-compassion, which is that, that's great, by the way, I, I'm all about self-care, yay, self-care. But self-compassion is more like internally telling ourselves that, we are doing the best we can. We give ourselves permission to be human, to be flawed, to be loving, to make mistakes, uh, to try again, you know, those kinds of things. Th that is self-compassion. It's it's what you would say to a dear friend, yeah. you say to yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, if somebody comes to you and says, oh, I was, I was awful. I had a terrible day and I did all these things. And, you know, most of us, I mean, if you love your friend, you're going to say, oh, you did the best you could. And, you know, you're awesome. And, you know, we would tell, we would affirm them because we love them. Mm -hmm. And self-compassion is like that. You know, you can't pour from an empty cup and you can't, you know, help your child with, um, oxygen. If, if you don't have yours on first, it's that idea, mm -hmm. self-compassion. And then empathy is reaching out to somebody who's earned the right to hear your story. You don't just tell anybody your stuff. 
um, you tell somebody that's trusted and um, and you get that affirmation. It's so it's self-affirmation and it's also letting somebody in uh, to your life to help you hold on to that affirmation. And if you don't have somebody like that in your life, get somebody <laughs> Yeah, because that makes all, all the difference. And I highly encourage uh, adoptive parents to find a tribe to walk with. And, and I would go a step further and say somebody that's also doing what you're doing, raising an adoptee. Yeah, no, I think it's great. You have to find like your village. Yes. So that, you know, you can talk about the same struggles because not mm-hmm. everyone's going to totally understand what you're going through. If they've never been through it before. Right. And it's, and you don't want to feel alone in, in the, not the battle, but the journey. It's yeah. nice to have someone. <laughs> sometimes it's a battle. Sometimes it's a yeah, journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's good. You don't want to feel alone. You want to feel like you have someone that can relate. And and it's part of just like human nature and, and what we want. It is. It, it's human nature, just like, you know, maybe the adoptive child. They want to find someone else that, you know, has been in a similar situation so that they can feel uh, that they're not alone because right. they probably sometimes go to school and think that like, I'm the only one that doesn't have like my real parents. And then they can probably start comparing like, and then like, think about what their real dad was like, or their real mom was like, and, and yes. I mean, it's just a vicious cycle. Um, and it's, but it's a normal human process cycle. So it's like, I give kudos out to, you know, parents like you that do step up and, and, take, you know, under their wing, you know, children that need parenting and Mm -hmm. it's not easy. And I, I've always, I'm not an an experienced person, but I don't have anyone that I've adopted or know anyone that's adopted Mm -hmm. a parent, but I can just only imagine just, I have a lot of empathy. I could feel like I could put myself in people's situations and just like, no, because the mind is so powerful and it's, yes, yes. You know, I almost started crying There's actually a hundred million Americans right now that are impacted by adoption in their immediate families. Um, That's including the birth parents uh, and their families and the birth, the adoptee and the adoptive family, Um, you know, even extended family members like grandparents. I mean, that's a biggie. That's a whole different subject. You know, how are they going to respond and will they understand or will they expect the adoptive parent, their child to raise them like they were raised. And, and there, it, it gets really interesting (laughs) along the way. Yeah, sure. And you know, a hundred million, that's a lot. It's about a third of the nation. It was more that I was surprised to learn that honestly. And, you know, I think it's going to increase um, just with the recent, uh, political decisions that have come. And I don't know, I, I think it, it will increase. So I think um, this message is timely. Yeah, totally. I agree. Um, and so what are some important takeaways uh, for our listeners today? Yeah, I, I hope that adoptive parents uh, can be good to themselves, (laughs) kind to themselves. I hope that they can cultivate a practice of self-compassion 
and find a tribe to walk with. It is not an easy journey. I mean, parenting isn't easy, you know, ask any parent, but um, there are special and unique challenges to raising adoptees. I think forgiveness is a huge part, uh, forgiveness of ourselves, of what maybe we were lied to with the adoptee's story, you know? Um, And I mean, there's a lot of people to forgive along the way, but I think that's an important takeaway. I think just being in that posture of, you know, hey, we're human, give ourselves permission to be human and to fail, to get up again and, and to just keep going. Yeah. It sounds like it's just give yourself some grace. Yeah, that's and, exactly right. You know, and do the best you can and just prepare yourself for the challenges of he- ahead and understand that, you know, you're dealing with the human being who has a curious mind, who is feeling a bit not lost, but, you know, just. They do have problems with belonging or feeling. Yeah, belonging you know, or that's you true. Know, abandonment, whatever right? it is, like worthiness. You yes. Know, just, like we right. said earlier, just be curious, have empathy, and mm-hmm. be really mindful um, yes. on how you communicate with them so that you can be yes. that safe, safe place mm-hmm. or space. Yes, yes. <laughs> No, I love, I love adoption. I I love it. And um, there's a lot of joy to be had in it. And I love that way of building families and I'm all for it. I just think we ought to go in with our eyes wide open. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. Like they tell you when you take the baby. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> so Robin, I know this book is coming out May of 2023. Um, and March, where will yeah. people, oh, March, excuse mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, so where will people be able to find the book? Right now you can pre-order on um, Barnes and Noble and Amazon, and it'll be available in March uh, for anywhere books are sold at that time. Um it's called Open Eyed Adoption, Real Help for Those Parenting Adoptees. Perfect. And then um, you have a workshop coming up. Uh, which I do. I do. In Des Moines, Iowa, um, a colleague of mine and myself, we're leading a uh, Brene Brown workshop. I'm facilitator of her work, and um, it's called The Gifts of Imperfection. It'll be in Des Moines, Iowa, January 19 and 20. And you can go to my website if you're in the area. Uh, please do look us up. And it's uh, Robin Hit. It's R-O-B-I-N-H-I-T-T dot com. And get the free download of the color wheel of emotion and check it out. Check out the website. Well, Robin, thank you so much for coming on. This was such a fruitful conversation, very insightful. Um, And I can't wait for the book to drop. And everyone, thank you for listening to this episode of Book Smarts, Authors on Show. And I hope to see you guys all in the next one. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Book Smarts, Authors on Show here on the In the Limelight Podcast Network where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. 
Please remember to like, share, and subscribe, and don't forget to tell your friends.